Our sermon text is from Philippians chapter 4. I share with you verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And we pray. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. It's so easy for us to be pessimistic about things, to look at things in the worst possible light, isn't it? It's part of our nature. It's so easy for us to look at the world around us and to think of all the terrible, terrible things that are going on. We look at Russia invading the Ukraine and the start of a new Cold War, perhaps even World War III. What? Inflation is rising. The cost of living is going up. Violence and shootings are all over the place in our, in our land. We see corruption and greed. We see the decline of of Christian values and morality. There are natural disasters that continue to rage all around the world. Crisis and trouble seems to be everywhere. And then for us personally, what about all the problems that we have in our own lives? Sickness, disease, death comes, maybe to our loved ones. We get older, our bodies begin falling apart, There are scary life changes that are approaching. It's easy for us to want to just throw up our hands and say, we're doomed. The sky is falling. Woe to me. But even as we face things like this, what would God want us to be doing? Well, what did he say in our text? St. Paul wrote, rejoice. Always with thanksgiving as we approach God with our prayers. What? Even with all of these terrible things that we see going on around us, even if our life seems to be in the complete pits, always give thanks? That's what Paul says. And then he doubles down on it. For the sake of emphasis, he repeats himself. Again, I will say, rejoice. In our text, St. Paul's even acknowledging how how awkward this is, how, how crazy this is. But he's saying, even in the midst of all this trouble, in spite of the, the worst circumstances, you still have the power and the ability to rejoice. And that's what God wants you and me to do. St. Paul has the audacity to tell us, that we should not worry about these troubles that we face in, in our lives. He says, be anxious for nothing, but with thanksgiving, approach God. Cast your cares upon him. Now, some might be tempted to sinfully think. The nerve of that Paul guy telling us to rejoice and be thankful. How dare he tell us that he doesn't know what I'm going through. In the world of counseling, it's a bad idea. You're not supposed to tell someone, oh, I understand how you feel, because you really don't. You don't know what they're going through. You don't live behind their eyes. 
But when St. Paul speaks these words, and he's telling us that in spite of the trouble that we face, whatever it is in life, he's telling us that he does understand and that we still have every reason to rejoice. St. Paul, he certainly faced all sorts of troubles and difficulties in his life. I especially appreciate how in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul lists off everything that he had to deal with in his ministry. We think that things are going wrong for us in our lives at times. Well, here's what Paul says. He says, I've worked hard. I've been in prisons. I've been whipped. I've been close to death many times. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times beaten with rods. One time I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I've spent a day and a night on the open sea. I have been often in I have often been on journeys in danger from rivers, in danger from robbers, in danger from my own people, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the wilderness, in danger on the sea, in danger among false brothers. I've worked hard and struggled many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty. I've gone without food many times. I've been cold and lacked clothing And beside those external matters, there's the daily pressure on me of my concern for all the churches. Do we want to compare battle scars with St. Paul? I don't think any of our experiences that, that we've gone through, not even as we dealt with a global pandemic in recent history, would, would stand up to what St. Paul went through. In fact, even as he was writing the very words of our text... As he was writing to the Philippians, as he was doubling down on this talk of rejoicing and being thankful, and and in fact, that was a reoccurring theme throughout this epistle that he wrote to the Philippians. It's known as the epistle of joy. And yet, while he was writing this, Paul was under arrest. He was sitting in a Roman prison awaiting his trial before Caesar. Think of how... How anxious that would be for you and me to be in that position. We're awaiting trial to stand before the most powerful person on earth who could very easily end our lives right there if he didn't like us or what we would have to say. It was a situation that could have resulted in in more persecution for Paul or hardship, even his death. But what kind of attitude does Paul express here in, in these words? And what kind of attitude does he encourage among the Philippian Christians and really to all generations of Christians in the midst of troubling things? We who know Jesus Christ, he says, have every reason to rejoice. Rejoice always in everything. Give thanks. As we face hard times, as you and I face difficult circumstances in our lives, our hearts are tempted to be, and we are overwhelmed with complaints. We, uh, we complain against God. We, we are filled with worries. We let these fears get the better of us. But here in our text, and on this Thanksgiving, I want to encourage you with the words of St. Paul, who can really relate to us. And he reminds us that in spite of all these distressing, awful, 
troublesome things that you and I face in our lives, we really can rejoice. We can be thankful. After all, as St. Paul points out in our text, how comforting is it to know that the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. It's a short little phrase that we heard in the middle of our text. It's, It's easy to overlook, to breeze right past it. But isn't that so meaningful and so wonderful to hear and so powerful for us to hear? The Lord is near you. We can rejoice and give thanks even in the midst of our worst situations. Why? Because God hasn't left us. God hasn't abandoned us. The Lord is still near. The Lord is at hand. And this is a reminder to us that the troubles that we face here in this life, they're going to be short-lived. We're, we're in the season of the church here. We're about to start Advent. But at the end of the church year and even into Advent, we, we consider how the Lord will be coming at the end. And we look at that as a joyful season. Heaven is going to be ours very soon. And so we hold on even through these troubles because we know we have something great and glorious in store for us. And that even enables us to to pray to God, amen, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Or to pray as Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come. Paul reminds his readers in the verses just before our text of this very thing. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, he points out and reminds us, our citizenship is in heaven. Keep that in mind, especially as we face troubles and struggles in life. We have that which is worth far more than anything else. We have the glories of eternity waiting for us. Even now, you are an immortal being. You are going to live forever. There will be a time perhaps where our our bodies and souls are going to be separated by temporal death, but that itself is going to be short-lived. As Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Death isn't scary. Heaven is yours. As we face troubles and struggles in life, that's what we keep in mind. Heaven is ours because we know Christ Jesus. We have an intimate loving relationship with him. And because of that, we can consider all these other things that we have here in this life to be rubbish. We can lose them. They're not that meaningful to us because we are found in Christ. His righteousness covers us and through faith in Christ, we stand before God as his people. The righteousness that our Savior Jesus earned with his holy, perfect life, it belongs to those who have faith in him. Give thanks to God for this. You stand before God not covered in the filth of sin. Our sins have been removed from us, and in place of them, we're covered in the perfect righteousness of Jesus. Meanwhile, all of our sins have been cast to the cross. We take them, and and with repentant hearts, we turn to Jesus and say, please, take these off of me. And he says, put them upon me. He bears them upon his shoulders, and he pays the price for them in full as he gives up his life on Golgotha. And you and I, we have confidence and we have assurance that we do, in fact, now stand before God and that he's with us through every problem, through every trouble, through every hardship, because we possess peace with God. We are his beloved children. 
And that's proved to us as we look and see the open and empty tomb of our Savior and we hear the proclamation, He's not here. He's risen. He has won for you absolutely the forgiveness of your sins. In light of this, in light of the gospel message, what do you and I have to worry about? What can we be anxious about? Instead, in light of that message, you and I have every reason to be rejoicing always, to be thankful. The Lord is at hand. And what else is great about that that little phrase, the Lord is at hand? It's in the present tense. So it's not just that heaven is going to be ours soon, but even here and now, as you wrestle with whatever problem or trouble you have in life, God promises to be right there with you through it. In fact, he's even doubled down on his promise, and he says, watch this. I'm going to work this trouble for you so that it actually is good for you. How cool is that? Even here and now, God is with us in all circumstances, in all things. He is for you because you are found before him in Christ. And so, God's promised you and me, wherever two or three, even two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Jesus, right before he ascended into heaven, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. Or in Hebrews 13, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. What comfort this brings us. What a reason to be thankful. God is by our side through everything. And what else is neat is that we don't have to go searching for him. We're not playing hide-and-seek with God. God tells us exactly where we can find him. In fact, that's why we gather here in this place, because he says you can find me in my word when it's proclaimed to you, or even when you at home open up the scriptures and read the message. We come here because it's God himself speaking through these words that your pastor shares with you, that we hear in in scripture, the words of the absolution. Be of good cheer. Your sins, they are forgiven you. God says you need comfort, you need strength, you need encouragement with the troubles that you are facing in this, this world. Return to the font, the water of life that I placed upon your head. I made a promise to you there that I would be for you and with you, that I will continue to wash your sins away. What comfort and strength that gives us. Or even when we're facing trouble, especially when we're facing trouble, how precious it is that Jesus invites us to take a load off, come and sit at my table, recline with me, and let me feed you. And he feeds you with his own body and blood for the forgiveness of his sins. We can rejoice and give thanks. How wonderful it is to know that the Lord is at hand. Our text also points out another reason why we can give thanks to God and rejoice, especially when we're facing trouble and hardship. And to put it into football terms, I think many of you will probably be watching football tomorrow. We get to punt. Normally, punting in football isn't a good thing. But for you and I, when we're facing hardship, when we're facing trouble, you get to punt it off to God. Let him take care of it. Take these troubles, as St. Paul says, any anxiety, any worry, 
with thanksgiving, go to God, present your requests before him. And then you and I, we get to stand back with the cool confidence of knowing that God's fighting for us, that God's promised to be taking care of our problems for us, that he's going to continue to do as he did for those Old Testament people that we heard about in our Old Testament lesson. He's going to continue to do as Jesus promised, clothe us, feed us. He's going to take care of these things. Punt him off to him in prayer. How awesome is that? Rejoice in the Lord always. With thanksgiving, turn to God. This is what we do. In the midst of any trouble or hardship or difficulty or struggle we might find in our life, we still have every reason to give thanks because God is here for us. We stand at peace with him. What a precious thing to remember. In fact, the history of our American holiday of thanksgiving. It really goes to reflect this whole thing. Of course, you know the history with the, the pilgrims and all the struggles and troubles that the people had as they were coming to the new land and, and the death and disease and hardship that they faced. And yet they took time to gather and to acknowledge before Almighty God, you're the one that continues to be for us, Lord. Or even again, as the history progresses, George Washington also, shortly after the American Revolution and the Continental Congress, they determined that we should have a national day of thanksgiving where we turn and thank God that in spite of the troubles and struggles and sacrifices that we as a, as a nation had to make, God is still here with his blessing. Or then when this national holiday was made permanent, it was by Abraham Lincoln shortly after the Battle of Gettysburg, in the middle of the Civil War. Think of the horrors that our nation was facing at that time. And yet Abe Lincoln, he said, we need to turn to the Lord and acknowledge how good he has been to us. We can rely upon him. And that's what we continue to do still. God and his mercies are still with us. So dear friends, rejoice always. Give thanks because the Lord is near to you. And then as St. Paul points out at the very end of our text, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.